There is a podcast beyond that which is known to man. It is a discussion as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between movies and TV, between gaming and tech, and it lies between a collection of comics and the summit of our knowledge. This is the podcast of our imagination. We call ourselves the Nerdtastic Four. Welcome to the Nerdtastic Four podcast. My name is Chris. I'm Rose. And I am Kern. And I'm Desmond. And as usual, we're going to start off with some current events. Whoop whoop. And uh, who wants to start off? Not it. Click, click, oh. click. What? <laughs> what what about that Assassin's Creed trailer? Did you guys see that? Yeah, yeah we got some trailers yes. to talk about. Yeah. Boom. Um I, I liked Assassin's Creed games, and so I'm a little bit excited to see the Assassin's Creed movie. Um I thought the trailer looked cool. You know, it didn't really uh show us a whole heck of a lot. Um, but it did look like it was gonna follow the the game with maybe just a couple of variations. I thought it looked pretty cool. What's odd to me about the trailer is that if you've never played the games or if you're not familiar with the games and what goes on in them, you watch the trailer, you'll have no idea what's going on. Right. Which can be which can be good for some movies, like if you don't know what's going on, if it's if it's at least interesting enough to intrigue you to want to watch the movie, then they did a good job with the trailer, yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah, I know you... I saw a lot of people saying that when they saw the trailer, they're like, I have no idea what's going on. Well, because all you know is that he was executed and brought back to life, and they want to get his or past. fake executed. And then that's it. And yeah, and you don't know anything from there if you don't really know how the how the game is, you know, what they're basing the story off of, basically. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, have, I haven't played the games, and I have no idea what they're about. Um, so... Looking at the trailer, like I still don't know what's really going on, but it seems intriguing, so I might go watch it. Yeah, yeah. Seems kind of cool. Yeah. And Michael Fassbender. I mean, I'm not a fan of the games, but I'd still watch the movie. Yeah. Thought it was cool. I mean, it looks interesting. It reminded me uh, kind of Hardcore Henry, and I like that, so I'll go watch it. I never saw that. Yeah, Michael Fassbender in it, I think... uh is really going to help it too, because a lot of people like him, no matter what he's doing. Like so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like him. I, I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't have liked Prometheus as much as I did. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's another one I never saw. Oh really? Yeah, you should yeah. definitely see that. It's like it wasn't that great, but like his performance is really good, and there were a couple of cool little bits, nodding to like Alien and stuff. So. Hmm. It was still worth watching. Yeah. Uh, the other, the other big trailer, obviously, is the second Ghostbusters trailer. Yeah. And this is different than the international trailer, which was technically the second trailer. But yeah, this is the like official called, second yeah, trailer. Yeah, official trailer number two. And I thought this one was a lot better than the first trailer. Um, mm-hmm. It left me a lot more optimistic than the first trailer did. Yeah. I'm still really wary about it, but. Like, I genuinely laughed a few times throughout this trailer. Oh, yeah. Mainly mainly at Leslie Jones. Uh-huh. But, um, she is really funny in this one, in this trailer. What ended up, yeah, 
What ended up worrying me about this trailer, though, is that the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man is in it, and I'm like, if you're gonna do a reboot, like, either make it completely its own thing, or if you're gonna reference the original work so much, then don't make it a reboot. Make yeah. it a sequel that's yeah, it's, connected somehow. It's very obviously fan service. But, I don't know, it we'll is, see. It is, but it isn't at the I'm same still... time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that too. I'm excited to see it. I think that that trailer just heightened my excitement. I really like the graphics in it. I thought the did you see the uh, the ghost in the painting? Yeah, that looked oh, really yeah. cool. I thought it reminded that was me really of a awesome. 3ds. Like whenever you're what, like when you're playing a game on a 3ds, it looks like you're. It feels like you're looking into a box. So, like, you can see inside the screen instead of stuff popping out like you normally think of 3D. So, like, with those paintings, my first thought was a 3DS. Like, I'm looking into the painting and there's things in... There's, like, a three-dimensional space inside of the painting. Yeah. I thought it was a really cool homage to those haunted houses when you were a kid that had, like, the holographic 3D paintings. They would change, you know, it's like a normal painting. You walk past it and it morphs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I totally had to step away. I know I missed a lot. Sorry. <laughs> what did Go- you think of the Ghostbusters trailer, Kurt? Um, A lot of it was the same as what I'd already seen from either the uh, first trailer that I saw or the uh, trailer that I saw in the theaters when I went and saw um, Batman versus Superman. But there was some additional stuff in there that I thought was, was pretty cool. And... Um, the, the last part just cracked me up where the uh, girl's walking with the demon on her shoulders and she's trying to leave out all cool and everything. And then the people try to yeah. snap the selfie and she looks and she's like, really? That really? just that just cracked me up. That was, yeah. uh, you know, the other parts, they were kind of funny a little bit, but I like literally laughed out loud hard whenever I saw that. So that was funny. Yeah. My favorite thing was the hood ornament being a ghost. Oh yeah, it's a weird yeah. thing, but I really liked it. Right. Yeah, that was really cool. Well, I kind of liked Who how was typing like a crazy person. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no yeah. kidding. No kidding. You know, sorry. you talk about my that you about my freaking kick cat. I didn't realize y'all could hear it that much. Freaking neck yeah, like you're oh yeah, freaking Tommy Lee on a drum set. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah, I didn't realize you could no hear loud. it. Jeez. Yeah, Believe me, if Rose doesn't show up to the next con, she's going to be a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Right. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I like that, roses. That, that uh-huh. Awesome. Uh-huh. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'll put a pink wig on it if it makes you feel better. Right? But I'll give you my pixie wig and you can put put it on a keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Oh, jeez. Uh, anyway, I think those are the only two trailers we really needed to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, that's... The only ones I saw, I think that there's yeah. been some news about like the dark towers and stuff, but nothing really to speak of. Yeah, just like some screen, like there was a picture of Idris Elba in his outfit and stuff, and some well, other little the one things, in- but nothing really substantial. Well, the one interesting thing is it does seem that it's actually going to be a sequel and not a direct adaptation. So that's kind of interesting. So something that that's I was cool. gonna, some, I'm I'm sorry to go back a second. Let me know when you guys are done with this part. As far as the doc, no, go ahead. You know, I, I was gonna say something about the Ghostbusters, and I totally forgot until just now. Um, the other part that I thought was hilarious was um, what's his name? Chris Holmesworth is that his name? 
Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hemsworth. I'm, I'm Hemsworth. He, I'm kind of curious to kind of see how his character is going to be because the one part in that trailer, you know, he's sitting there with that with that motorcycle that he's kind of outfitted like a Ghostbuster, like a little mini Ghostbuster vehicle. Uh-huh. And then he's got his helmet that he obviously painted himself and everything. And he's like, hey, guys, what do you think? So it's almost like he like idolizes this whole, you know, ghost hunting thing. And he's like really wanting to be a part of it. And so I'm wondering about like how nerdy he's really going to be in this thing. You know, how much of a fanboy he's really going to be on this and, and and I'm wondering how that's going to play out. Well, what's interesting is there was that it wasn't a trailer but on uh I think it was like My Secretary Appreciation Day or something like that, they put out a video just about his character. Mhm. And they made it very clear that he's a complete idiot. Like Good. He's, he, awesome. He's extremely <laughs> stupid. He like somebody tells him to answer the phone and he said he points at a phone that's like inside of a fish tank. And he's like, I can't answer that phone. And then he, uh, they point out that his glasses don't have lenses. And he says, well, they kept getting smudged, so I just popped them out. But he's still wearing the glasses. Like, he's clearly a moron. <laughs> right. For some reason, he wants to be a Ghostbuster. That's going to be see, hilarious. And, I love see, it. See, but to an extent, that makes me wish it was a sequel more. Because then it'd be like, oh, well, he grew up looking up to the Ghostbusters. Right. To be one. Right. But that's and, not going to be a thing now because yeah. the Ghostbusters are new in this. Right. I don't know. No, that's but, cool. But his character still seems like it'll be interesting. What, yeah. What What I couldn't help but notice was it seems like it might be early on in the movie that he gets possessed and then he kind of becomes the Yeah, bad exactly. Guy. Yeah. I'm yeah. wondering showed him like in a room through. full of like ghosts and like energy swirling around in the room and he like had his hands up like he was like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, is he the bad guy? It was almost as if like, it was almost as if like he was turning around, like, look what I've done, you know, type yeah, yeah, type yeah. deal. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's well, more of the fact that he gets like possessed and then goes off and does things for the bad guy. I yeah, feel like yeah. they wouldn't give away the spoilers like that. But that that feels bad because that's even more like the original. Yeah, that's the problem. Is that like yeah. The more they borrow from the original, the more they should have just done. People a are going to be sequel. mad. <laughs> yeah, they should have done a sequel. The more it seems like a remake instead of a reboot, the more it's going to piss people off. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I have to admit, with seeing that aspect of him in there a little bit, had me a little bit more interested in it than what I was before. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to go see it in the movie theater, but I might. I'm still I think I'm go probably going to wait yeah, until like, like the first week of reviews and stuff and watch it like the second weekend. Mainly because I work weird hours, so I can't really watch movies at the normal time that I yeah. normally do. But I don't know. I just feel like there's enough reputable sources that I trust that aren't going to be sexist about it and aren't going to be like just hating it just because it's a reboot that are going to go see it no matter what and will genuinely say whether they liked it or not so those are the reviews that i'm going to like pay attention to and then decide whether or not i'm going to go watch it just based on their reactions to it that's what my plan is anyway because i'm really dying to see what the real reviews are for age of apocalypse i've been hearing good things but i heard bad things at the beginning and that's coming out next week i think and i'm just i'm stoked to see it because it has some characters i want to see but i don't know if it's really going to be good or not. So those reviews do count. I I can't watch that movie. Because it has one? Olivia Munn. 
the new X-Men. What? Because it has, it has Olivia Munn in it, and I can't watch something she's in. Aww. Oh, wow. Hating. Hater, no kidding. Hate Chris, gonna hate, 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 she's hate, a, hate. She's a terrible person, so. What, what, are you, what are you basing that off of? Okay, she basically stepped on everybody at G4 to get to where she is now. Like, yeah, she did. Adam Sessler and the people from Attack of the Show, like, she backstabbed and stepped over all those people to get to where she could actually be an actress. Oh, wow. And I didn't know that. And obviously, that's that's like the way show business is. There's a lot yeah. of people that probably stepped on people to get to where they are. But I don't know who those people are. Like, the fact that you can look up information about Olivia Munn and, like, the way that she treated other people at G4 to get to where she is. And the fact that I like those other people at G4, I just you took it personal. support something that Olivia Munn does. I'm like, no, <laughs> she's bad. I don't like her. I can't. I'll probably watch the movie eventually, but... It'll be like a dollar red box rental instead of a movie ticket. Yeah, I'm gonna go see it in theaters like opening weekend because I'm super excited about it, Olivia Munn or not. <laughs> I don't know, but Chris, I was gonna say Ghostbusters. You should go to the drive-in, bro. You're off on Saturdays, right? Ah, oh, the yeah. drive-in. That's right. The drive-in might yeah, be a good idea. Cheap. Actually, you can and take you a six-pack of beer so in there with you, and nobody bad. even know. <laughs> True. Don't do that. That's illegal. But you could. You totally could. <laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't. No. I didn't say legally take a six pack. I just said nobody would know. <laughs> nobody would. It know. just depends. It depends on what the second movie is too. Oh yeah, because you don't want to stay. <laughs> it's for... Age of Apocalypse. <laughs> uh, um, what's next? I, I saw. I saw an interesting bit of news that I don't know if y'all saw, but apparently there's a big rumor floating around. That they're going to get Vincent D'Onofrio to play Kingpin in the Spider-Man movie. Mm. That would be very awesome. Right? That would be fantastic because his Kingpin and Daredevil is was the amazing. bomb. Right, like it it's was, seriously yeah. like that's. I I just finished watching the first season, and he was just fantastic. Yeah, he did a great yeah, job. He really, really was. I don't think I've ever like had that much love for a villain. In a he was perfect. Yeah. He was perfect because he could go from this like total innocent boyish type, you know, uh, character like when he was speaking with the girl that he met and everything like that, and just to Vanessa. total psycho, you know, oh, yeah. and and back to sweet and innocent, <laughs> just yeah. like with I mean, and just like a light switch on and off. I mean, it was oh, perfect. Yeah. But he, yeah, he was awesome in that. The whole scene where he's like talking about um, how he's not the good Samaritan, he's the bad intent. It was like, oh, it was so good. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the writing yeah, that on that awesome. show is just phenomenal. Right? Yeah. I got to agree. It definitely set the bar high. So when I watched season two, I was like, this was good. Not as good as the first one, but it was good. And then I watched Jessica Jones and I was like, this was good. Not as good as the first season of Daredevil, but this was good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm 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 only part of the way through Dare Daredevil, yeah, Daredevil season two, but so far I'm I'm really digging it. I I like it. Yeah. I, I like how the you know, they've got the Punisher in there and he's immediately, you know, now, you know, he's interacting with with Daredevil and now he knows who they are and everything like that and now it's transitioning, and, and I'm to the point where, you know, spoiler alert, where 
they've already captured the Punisher and put him in jail and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, oh, I, yeah. I like that whole interaction, wow. how it started early, right off the bat, you know, and it like with Kingpin, he didn't, he, you know, him and Daredevil didn't actually come together until towards the end, you know, because oh, yeah. it took him a long time to figure out who he was, you know, yeah. who was behind all of this, you know, so. Right. Let me just tell you, Kern, he only gets better for the rest of the, that season. Like, oh, yeah. The Punisher just, the Punisher to me, up until the point where you're at, was not the Punisher yet. And then he becomes the Punisher. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And yeah. I'm so psyched that he's going to be getting his own series now. That's just oh yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, that guy, he's a good actor, too. I can't remember what his name is, but, you know, the first time I ever saw him was in uh, The Walking Dead, you know, when he played Shane. And um, mm-hmm. I thought I thought he did a great job uh, in that as well, so... Yeah. Yeah. No, he's awesome in everything. Yep, yep. Pain and Gain? Come on. Yeah, I can't wait. Pain and I, Gain? I, I yeah. need to start watching this. Or was it season. Wolf of Wall Street? Which was oh. he in? I don't know. I saw both of those. Which one was I he in? I thought he was in Pain and Gain. I'm pretty sure. That's yeah. the one with The Rock, right? Yeah. Right. And Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. that. That was... Oh, okay. Yeah, he was in Pain oh, and Gain. Oh, I have to go back and look at that because I don't, I don't recall. That was a movie I don't remember ever seeing advertising for, and I didn't see it in theaters, and then it was on Netflix one day, and I read the description and was like, that sounds funny, and it was awesome. Yeah, it didn't do well in the theaters. I mean, ironically. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty I, sure he... Wasn't he the guy in Wolf of Wall Street that Donnie, the Jonah Hill's character, screwed over in the parking lot? I don't know. I'll have to go back uh, and look. Yeah, I don't remember. I have not seen this movie. Yeah. <laughs> All I, know I, he was all I remember Wall Street's awesome. All I remember of Wolf of Wall Street is uh sniffing cocaine off a of hooker's butt. That's all I remember. Yeah, you don't dude, remember I don't... uh midget tossing? Uh, yeah, I kind of remember that. All that movie that. is awesome. I it remember mainly the cocaine off the hooker's butt. Yeah. Um So what other news items do we have? Well, speaking of Margot Robbie, there might be a Harley Quinn movie. That she's producing. Really? Yes. Hmm. This is odd to me only for one reason. Why is that? It's just that Suicide Squad hasn't come out. So, like, we haven't seen a real reception of her. Yeah, we don't know how people are going to like her or not. Yeah, exactly. All we have is the trailers, which, honestly, I mean, I know the trailers have been pretty well received. But at the same time, I'm like, we don't know... If she's going to be good in long scenes, or if the movie's going to be any good. It's just weird that they talk about stuff like this so far ahead. Right. Well, yeah, I, gotta, I think I, Harley I agree Quinn with you has that, a really Chris. big fan base. No, she does, but like the main Yeah, but it's a comic fan give, base. Yeah, but like the main criticism people have of Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad right now is that she's not like the one most people already like. She's not like the one from the cartoon or like the one from the video game. Yeah, she's a bit different. So it's like saying that they could make a movie about her when it's not the her that people are already a fan of. Like this is a Harley Quinn that they have to convince people that they will also be a fan of. Right. So making a movie with this Harley Quinn might make sense, but like I don't know how they would decide that it makes sense until after Suicide Squad. Yeah, I think that out. they're talking about it right now and they want yeah. to do it, but if I guess a fan reaction ends up being super negative about her version of Harley Quinn, 
then mm-hmm. it might not happen. I kind of yeah. hope it does because I, I mean, I'm hoping, I'm optimistic that her Harley Quinn's going to be just fine. And I would love to see a movie mm-hmm. with like mostly, like I'm going to be all female, but mostly female villains versus female uh the heroes, I think that'd be really cool. We'll see some mm-hmm. some Batwoman and some some Black Canary and you know. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. the first time that I saw the story about this, the way that the, it was phrased was that they're in talks to do a women of DC movie, not a Harley Quinn movie. That would be pretty yeah, okay. and I would be they're gonna do a women of DC movie and it's gonna have Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn and she's gonna produce it, but they were still trying to decide who else was gonna be in it. So right. I was like Okay, so it'll be like Batgirl and Catwoman and well, the Poison Ivy. Well, you got yeah, you got Wonder Woman, obviously. Yeah, Huntress. Yeah. I mean, the the thing is, Zantana would be Zantana oh, would be awesome to have in yeah. there. Uh, I could get go. S- Birds of Prey would be awesome. Some, uh, Harley's Gang would be awesome. I would love some uh, uh, bombshells. Uh, would be awesome. Oh my goodness, Megan, Megan, the uh, the. Young Justice. Uh, oh Martian yeah, girl. Young Justice would be good. I mean, there could there could be lots of cool ones like Raven. There's lots of awesome stuff they could do. Lois Lane, Lois Lane. Yeah, could be in there. And, you got the yeah. second. You got the second half, the female half of the Power <laughs> Twins. Only that one half. <laughs> well, Wonder Twin Powers. Oh wait, or the Wonder Twin Powers. Animals. That's what it is. I was, I was thinking of Power Twins, Wonder Twin Powers, Wonder Twins, form yeah, shape to, of a glass. A woman, women of DC movie. Yeah, I really dig Bombshells the comic, so I could see that. I would go for that. I have the DC Comics Bombshell poster on my wall. I love it. Yeah, that's the only thing from DC that I actually care about right now. Yeah. But uh, speaking of women in there. There's also the Supergirl got renewed, but it's moving to the CW. Right. Hmm. CD- I, yeah. I'm guessing they'll I do a little bit a better with it than. Yeah, because all the other shows are CBS there. CBS did. Yeah. And apparently, like today, uh, CW already started airing promos for the second season of Supergirl. Really. Yeah, like as I, I guess as soon as they were like, "All right, we got it." They're like, we need to make promos because we need to make sure everyone knows it's going to be over here. We're not going to lose it. I, I got to admit, I kind of dipped off a of Supergirl. I mean, it. Um, first of all, it started off really, really slow. And, and I didn't like a lot of the, and we've talked about this before, I didn't like a lot of the non-mentioning of who Superman was and his name is just your cousin and everything like that. I didn't like any of that stuff at all. And um, then... Uh, Whenever it went into the whole, um, oh, oh, it was the anti-Supergirl. It was, um, what was what was the name of where he, where he cloned Supergirl and it was a bad uh, Supergirl? Oh, the Bizarro? Bizarro, yeah. The female Bizarro. I didn't care for that at all. I, I tuned out. It didn't catch my attention. I couldn't yeah, do it. So... You know, it was right after that that female the the Supergirl Bizarro episode that I just kind of lost interest in it. I need. Yeah, to, it wasn't for me. I need to watch it. I I haven't been able to because it's on the weird CBS. Uh, what do you call it? The streaming service that CBS has. 
Oh yeah. I need oh, to yeah, just like now or find it slightly not legally and watch it that way. <laughs> right. With, with Chris and his is, beer, you can you can do it at the same time. Right. That's right. Do My all the illegal is, things. I've I've said it before. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but. I started watching Daredevil and Jessica Jones because, like, I'm invested in the Marvel Universe and knowing that the TV shows are all connected to the movies makes me want to watch all of them. Like, even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, like, there's, like, three seasons I have to catch up on. But, like, since it's all in in the same universe, I want to catch up on it. Right. But with the DC stuff, like, the TV shows and the movies are completely separate. So, me watching Supergirl will have no effect on me watching future movies. Just like watching The Flash, like doesn't matter. Watching Green Arrow doesn't matter. So, what's the point? Unless they're like really well, good they're shows, because like fun. all I hear about Supergirl is that it's just kind of okay. And then like it's Flash, like Manhunter, people just kind of divided on, and uh, Green Arrow, like I've heard a wide array of opinions on it, either being complete trash or it being good. So, I'm like, why would I watch? Like, I'm not going to dedicate time just to watch those. It'll be one of those things like, well, I have free time and I can't think of anything else to watch. I guess I'll watch this. You mentioned the Green as Arrow. To, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, as opposed to what, Chris? I didn't mean to interrupt well, you. Like, as opposed to the Marvel stuff, like, since I know that stuff ties in and they reference each other sometimes, even if it's just, you know, little nods to each other, then I want to watch those to make sure that I'm caught up with everything. Right. With the DC stuff, like, watching Suicide Squad, it won't matter if I've seen any TV shows, because there's no TV shows that are connected to Right. What I was going to say is my biggest hang-up, and it is the most trivial hang-up in the world when it comes to Green Arrow, but it aggravates the snot out of me every single time when something's going down, and he's in his street clothes, and the first thing he does is grab his bow. It's like... Dude, you got to put your suit on first before you can use that bow. <laughs> so yeah. You're going to grab the bow and go run Maybe over to your little mannequin and set the bow down next to it and undress the mannequin and put your suit on? I mean, I, I don't know. It just aggravates the crap out of me every time that happens. <laughs> I, I don't know. I like Arrow and Flash are shows that I watch, but I watch them because they're on in the background, not because I want to watch them. I like the Flash a little bit better than I like the Arrow. I like That's Flash true. also. Because uh, the Arrow, the I feel like it's just, bad show. it's just too much relationship drama in my superhero. It feels like a show. CW show. Yeah. I think that's why I have a friend who, like, she loves, loves uh, the Arrow, but she also loves all those kinds of, like, drama, romance TV shows. So I'm like, that's why you like it so much. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, a lot of people like it, and I can see why. It's just not for me. Yeah. I don't know. What do we um, got next? Trying to think. I'm trying to think if there's anything. We could jump to gaming, guys, because there's some interesting news there. Oh, yeah. Let's do some gaming news. Ooh. Got some Pokebans. Uh, Pokemon Go finally opened up signups for the beta, um, the beta run for the U.S. Finally. First, it was Japan. Yeah. Then it was New Zealand and Australia, and now it's finally the U.S. You can finally sign up for it. So sign up for it. I already did. Hopefully, hopefully we'll hear from I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to do, do my Rose right impression. Now. Yeah. 
Great we idea. need to we need to share that link. Share that link. I wasn't really so typing. I was just smashing on stuff. Let me oh, let me yeah. see if I can find it. Hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's still less furious than you were typing earlier. <laughs> I was just typing normally. You have a very good word per minute, Rose. I do. You want to know what my words per minute is average? I'm I'm guessing like eighty three. Eighty-eight. Whoa. Great. Yeah, I typed. Damn, it. girl, Sounded very fast. <laughs> I'm like eight. <laughs> eight. <laughs> What's great, or what was interesting to me about the beta sign up for Pokemon Go is that it asks your Ingress name and Ingress yeah. level. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, I played Ingress, so I'll be more likely to get in the beta. Maybe that's what Hold I said on. too. I'm gonna share this right now. It's like probably not, but maybe. I convinced Maybe. myself I would. Yeah. Pokemon field test. Work, there it is. I'm signing up. Do I work it. at a university. So when all the students left, I went around re, re, redoing my ingress points. And mm. I couldn't figure out why I was attacking and no one was no one was taking any hits. It was like, you're missing all the resonators. And I was like, why am I missing them? And then I realized... At some point in the semester, somebody had taken all over them on the blue team, which is the team I'm on. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm attacking my own resonators. <laughs> Good job. I know. I wasted so many bombs and stuff. I was mad. But now that everyone's gone for a few months, I'll have time to plant my own and be happy. Add mods. But yeah, that, that happened. I'm excited because... I really want to see what this game is going to look like, even on a beta level and actual gameplay. Yeah, I see. We saw the screenshots and stuff. But... Oh, Ingress agent name. I didn't play Ingress. Should I make something oh, up? No beta for Kern. Should I make something no, up? You just, you just leave it blank if you didn't uh-huh. play it's it. It's optional. But if I make something up, then maybe that'll get me in, right? Well, they're right? going to check it. Like, it's the people yeah. that gonna, made yeah, Ingress that are doing this sure. game. So they'll be able yeah. to check it. Yeah, yeah but I mean, I could come up with like a really common name. You also Bob. have to tell what yeah. your level is. It's also your level, level too, 88. so I'm guessing they're, get, they're looking at yeah, it. Yeah, I guess. Although I guessed my level because I couldn't remember because I haven't played it in a few months. Mm. I'm level two. I didn't have to guess. I think I was like three <laughs> or four. It's hard to level remember. up, man. It but is. But everyone should check out that game. That game is worth playing. Ingress, still, people play it. I know because we had a faculty retreat and somebody was in the area and they attacked one of my resonators and I was like, one of our faculty plays Ingress. Oh my! Ooh, who is it? So that found you started that like you, you, you started getting that darty look, like where you kind of tilt your chin down a yeah. little bit and start looking over your like nose and glasses and you're like scoping out the area. I saw him walking in the courtyard and stuff, and I was like, "Who's tapping on their phone? You? It's you." <laughs> Pokemon so, Go. I can't I'm wait. Like you for need this. to switch teams. I'm so excited. Yeah, I know. Me and Chris will have many road trips. Rose will join us probably. Yes. And my other friends That's too that are we that are doing do that. it. We're also going to yeah. have several, uh, several road trips. Yep. If there is one at Punjabi Affair, I will own it. <laughs> Punjabi. <laughs> it's oh, it's a local Indian restaurant, Kern, that's here now. No, it's I heard. delicious. I heard. It's delicious. Uh, I need to go. Oh, man. Yeah, Punjab, I ate there today. Punjab, Punjabi. Um, I love the name also, just because the name is like, yeah. like the, 
That's not how you name a restaurant. You don't call something. Yeah, it's not... a Punjabi affair. So like the fact. No, that I love the that fact. Just like makes me laugh every time. The, the tagline. The tagline. It's okay. You won't get in trouble for having one. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's a Punjabi affair. You won't get in trouble for having one. Oh, wow. Oh, oh. <laughs> yep. Um. Also in gaming news, Steam sale leaked. We think. Probably. Well, no, because what happened was a developer, and I guess they can't find out which developer because the same email sent to all developers, but the email said that it was going to run from June 23rd to July 4th for the Steam sale. Because it said, like, your uh, your sale item has been approved or whatever, and it was shared online, and then um, one of the Steam Twitter accounts said something like... Um, since apparently confidentiality means nothing, the Steam Summer Sale will run from June 23rd to July 4th. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> what I don't understand is they always keep it a secret and then it just suddenly happens. Which never made sense to me because, like, if I know a sale is coming, I'll save money to spend on the sale. Uh-huh. But when they never announce it and it just happens one day... That's when a sale pops up one day and I'm like, oh, I would like to buy that, but I have no money. I guess I won't buy anything. Right. Like, yeah. I, I feel like they lose out on a lot of money by just surprising people every time. It never makes any sense to me. Well, it's leaked like the last five years, so it's not. Yeah, that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, they wouldn't have to worry about leaks if they just announced it. I don't know. I like it because it's the time of year when I stock up on games I don't really need. That's why. Yeah, I like it. I've already I just, got. I've already got too many games. <laughs> oh, dude, look! I haven't been on Steam in months. I'm not even lying. I haven't played games in months. I played League of Legends for a while, and even that's been a month or two. And my Steam library is horrible. I think I have like 400, 500 games, and I've probably spent a total of like nine hours this year on Steam. Yeah. But the good thing about it is that I always convince myself that whatever I spend on the Steam Summer Sale, I go and donate to charity to make up for it. So I make sure that I don't just overspend. Oh, yeah. So I did that last year for autism, and I don't know what I'm going to do this year, but I will do something. Yeah. Um, is there any other news? Or should we go to our little bit of a email that we got? Well, there's one other thing, and I just want to mention it just to say that we did, and it deserves talking about a little bit, which is Darwin Cook passed away. And he, he was a really awesome artist that worked mostly with DC, and uh, his Catwoman was one of the bright things about uh, DC for me when I was in high school and stuff. So, um, you know, RIP to that dude. He was he was awesome. Yeah. His spirit run was really good, too. Um that, I just wanted to mention that. Because right. it is a sad moment in nerdum. In nerdum. In nerdum. Sad day for nerds. Yeah. Uh, so on to the uh, mail then, I guess, because I'm, I'm looking at it here. And I'm going to paraphrase this. Um, so apologies to John from Dork of All Trades who wrote this. It's a really well-written piece, but I'm going to butcher it now. Uh, no, we'll probably put it on the website with commentary or something or... I think he was talking about doing it. It'll be out there for people to read because this was a really interesting episode. It seems like a lot of people had a lot of response. Uh, I think we had fun doing it. What episode was it? 
The whitewashing. The whitewashing. There you go. Um, so he just says here, dear Nerdtastic4, of course, because this was an email, and he's a professional type person. Uh, he thanks us for starting the conversation in the group, um, which is the Nerd Podcast Mafia, so shout out to those guys. Um, and he talks about harm, which is Hollywood's acting rule for minorities, and it's a theory that suggests that when and if a minority character appears in a mainstream movie that the character will be compromised in some way or shape or form and it's often in relation to a white counterpart um and he cites some sources here and you know there he mentions that movies are made to reach um, the widest audience you know the most mainstream appeal that's how movies are made we all know that right. we acknowledge that i think in our thing yeah we covered that um, no it's about the money know, money made, money Exactly. And he mentions that, you know, the majority of Americans are white. So that's part of the reason. And he has some really good numbers here that I like. I'm going to read them real quick. He said that uh, in 2002, which is the numbers that he had, and there's nothing wrong with that, uh, 68% of all ticket sales were purchased by whites, 15% by Latinos, and 11% by blacks. And while he doesn't have enough statistics to draw a correlation between those facts and films that haven't been whitewashed, it... it it does seem a bit to assume that Hollywood thinks that since those are the people buying tickets, that's what they want to see. Um, whether that's right or wrong, there's probably some correlation there. I think that's safe to say. Um, and he mentions that whitewashing has been a big issue, especially with Ghost in the Shell. Mm -hmm. And the problem with whitewashing in Hollywood is, is, uh, is that Hollywood is structurally designed to favor white actors. In fact, statistically speaking, and I'm quoting here, Hollywood's infrastructure has a lot to do with how movies are cast. And that's what you were saying, Kerr. Right. And in 2002, the racial representation in the Screen Actors Guild was 75.8% white, 15.5% black, 6% Latino, and 2.5% Asian, with only 0.2% Native American, which isn't a big surprise there. The Writers <laughs> Guild uh, was racially represented in that same year with 94% white and all the other races making up six percent uh with this many whites in movies and tv business it's no surprise that a majority of a-list celebrities are whiter than uh i'm quoting here again than cage-free organic mayonnaise so <laughs> I, again i think those are all fair statements you, you, you know what um, i love uh, you know what i love best about that kind of stuff and and you know i didn't get to see his whole email so i didn't get the the privilege of reading it and uh but when you post it i'll look at it is whether you agree with something or disagree with something, when you take the time to bring like facts and statistics and do research and oh, actually, yeah. you know, form a legitimate, you know, intelligent, you know, whether it's a support or a rebuttal to what is being said, that's what impresses me. I mean, even even if I may not agree with you on it, the fact that you took the time to do the research and everything like that. That I love that kind of stuff. And so props, yeah, it's, props it's, to him for doing that. I love that, especially here because I feel like he's just helping us. He's just throwing out Absolutely. more numbers and theories. Yeah, and he got this from a class he took at Temple called uh, Race and Diversity in Film. So it's really cool. And he does mention that he knows that film companies are films or are companies. They're film companies, um, and they try to get the most bang for their buck. And I, I have a respect for that. I. Uh, my only thought on that is that I don't think that business excuses racism. And that's not towards him. That's yeah. towards this idea, which is a fact. 
you know, I don't think that you could say, well, white people buy all our tickets, so it's okay if we're a little bit racist. No, like, Hollywood, no, right. it's, it's not. not. <laughs> yeah, that's not an excuse to be racist. It's like you need to you need to make the yeah. Change. We we can be racist because we're guaranteed sixty eight percent of tickets ticket sales. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, from a business side, I understand that, but at the same time, it it's wrong, and you know, yeah. uh, and that that you know, of course, that often means that they change the race or gender of characters to get financial gain. And he mentions that in here, and right. I I think that's true. And then there was something interesting which Rose had also brought up that I wanted to, to mention here, which was the live action Attack on Titan movie from Japan. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he the, mentions that yeah. some of the characters. Yeah, go ahead, explain it, Rose. Well, and it's something that I I thought about bringing up in the uh, episode, the podcast episode that we talked about, but there was enough to talk about, so I didn't actually end up bringing it up. But yeah, he mentioned it in his letter that um, you know the Attack on Titan the the series is uh mostly like white european characters is what they're supposed to be because they even mention in the series that uh mikasa is like the only asian girl there and may might be one of the only asian people left on the planet they emphasize this as part of her character because it's a whole reason why she was almost kidnapped by people and sold into sex slavery basically um and yet, of course, the Japanese movie, the Japanese Attack on Titan movie, is all Asian actors because that's pretty much the majority of what, you know, Asian people, you know, Japanese people are. And so, I mean, it's just an interesting fact that, it, you know, that kind of stuff, the, that race is not always the, uh, the key factor when it comes to casting. Yeah, no, and uh, I think that's exactly right. I think my problem, like I said before, is the portrayal and the quality of roles that are available to actors um, from various different backgrounds, not just minorities, but sexual orientation, gender, um, religions, all these things. They they have specific roles that they're keyed into, and they're almost like props sometimes, and that bothers me more than mm-hmm. the movie being whitewashed, so to speak. I, I'm using air quotes there. Um but I don't know. And the, the the thing he mentioned is, like you said, that Japanese movie studios have a large amount of Asian actors, just like the majority of actors in Hollywood are white. The actors who match races in a majority of each country are going to appeal to the widest audience in those countries. Yeah. And because this is not really, you know, that's not really a, a big surprise then to see Scarlett Johansson has been cast, you know. What is Kern as the major, doing? I have no idea. <laughs> you guys uh, totally hear that? Th- yeah. It's a blender, yeah? <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that's my electric bottle opener for my wine. Oh, wow. Well. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm uh, like, but anyway. I'm, I'm like, uh, he says, you know. from my freaking microphone. I apologize. <laughs> he, he says it's not really a surprise to see... Uh, Scarlett Johansson cast because of these reasons. And I think yeah. that's a fair, I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, I, I do. I have no problem. Like I said, because personally, I don't think that her being cast was, Oh, we need a white woman. It was, Oh, we need a big name draw. If that yeah. big name draw was any race, it probably would have happened. I think race was way down on the list. We well, Scarlett Johansson's in kind of like that hot action fantasy, you know, comic, whatever you want to call it. Action, uh, area right now so that's that's probably the most logical choice it's just like back whenever uh they were casting angelina jolie 
for Laura Croft, you know, because she was one of the hottest actresses at the time. You know, I mean, it's just right. You know, that's that's where I don't. I agree that I don't. I may not. I don't see that it's a hundred percent. The reason why they're picking Scarlett Johansson is because she's white. I'm sure part of that might be some of it, but I think it's a lot of it's because she's like one of the hottest action fantasy based uh, actresses out there right now. Mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, I think that's I think that's the fair statement that everyone's making, and I understand that people are upset because race is a hot issue, but I think that Hollywood movies in general are a reflection of American culture and our own confusion with race right now and how tense it is. And I don't want to get into that on the podcast, but like I said, on the website here or dork of all trades, which you should check out anyway, um, you know, we'll be covering it. Well, this discussion's yeah. not over. It's a discussion we need to be having. And I just want to read here because he says something to all of us. It's very good. He said, thank you for a wonderful discussion a couple of weeks ago. I'm sorry, behind on podcast and my letter wasn't very timely. Keep up the good work. And I just, I, you know, I want to say thanks because he didn't have to write this letter and he's not making an argument. He's just stating facts oh, and saying, yeah. I think that some of these things are, and I really like the discussion. I kind of wanted to be a part of it with you guys. Um, you know, I you know, agree we, with we, everything he said because it's facts, man. Speaking of that, how awesome would it be? If if we could, you know, with these guys that are in the uh, the uh, you know nerd, the nerd family, yeah, the the podcast mafia, to pull one of these guys, you know, because I'm I'm recording remotely, you know, you guys, you know, those of y'all that may not know, I know everybody else knows, you know, I'm in California right now, so I'm totally recording remotely. Of course, we're all recording remotely, but a lot of that kind of spawned off of me moving and it's like, you know, hey, I, you know, there's no reason why we all have to get together in the same room all the time. We can still do that. So I'd love to be able to get these some of these guys in as like guests on things like this, you know, or, or oh, yeah, you I know, think, not necessarily that, you know, I don't want to repeat a topic, but, you know, you know, kind of get their input as well and have them as like a guest. If it, even if it was our whole podcast team, I mean, it might be kind of chaotic to have, you know, seven or eight people, you know, talking at the same time. But, you know, I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, I think so. I, I would definitely be down to, to have this discussion with more people at some point, even if we do it as another one shot or if we do it as a, a video or anything. I mean, all this we're still working out, guys. You know, we, we don't know what we're doing. We're not professionals yet. We're right. getting there. We're getting there, but uh, I just I felt obviously like with my freaking wine making noise in the background. <laughs> Somebody because uh, I'm going to edit Tim, it out and we'll be talking about nothing right now. No, you have to leave it in so people know. Um, <laughs> yeah, John you have and to, Tim, you so know, everybody they're, knows they're that awesome I love guys. Kit Kats and wine. Yes, <laughs> their wine bottle Kern next. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, Chianti Kern that's coming. Um, oh so, my god! I don't know. I. I just wanted to say thanks for them for taking the time to do that. And everyone Absolutely. in the has been helping us, so it's it's awesome. Anyway, yes. that, that, that's the last from me. I'll shut up now. Well, not for the <laughs> yeah, whole podcast, really but for now. Yeah, goodbye, Desmond. Have a good day. <laughs> and I, I, I'm sorry, John, if I butchered what you were trying to say. Uh, I'm not the most eloquent speaker, as you can tell. So um, hopefully I got your points out properly enough. Yeah. You know who didn't get their points out properly enough? Oh no! Are we moving on? Oh yeah, to we're this? going there because we're seg Segway champions. Oh, Santa <laughs> Fe Comic Con. Uh oh. R.I.P. Santa Fe Comic Con. Uh, so we hardly knew ye. 
So I think for the most part, people understood what he was trying to say, which was that, so in case y'all didn't know, the guy who runs Santa Fe Comic Con made a very controversial post about uh, out of town uh, cosplay guests. Basically, what he was trying to say was that um, you know his he doesn't he's tired of getting messages from out of town cosplayers or cosplayers who live like halfway across the country asking to be put up at their event, you know, and, and pay for things and all that stuff. You know, like, hey, you need a plane ticket, need a hotel room, need a booth, those kinds of basic things. And so instead of, you know, just saying, hey, guys, so just so you know, so maybe we'll stop getting so many messages about it. We aren't flying in any uh, cosplay guests right now because we're too small and we're trying to focus on our local group, which is what I think he was trying to say. But the way he said it was extremely rude and unprofessional. And then throughout yeah. the course, well, how of did his, he say it exactly? He posted a a comment that was uh, it's it was a quote unquote hypothetical situation. It was this. This is quote for quote, word for word. Uh, cosplayer, dear Santa Fe Comic Con, I'm a cosplayer from the Midwest with twenty thousand likes on Facebook. Would you fly me out, put me in a hotel, and give me a table and per diem? Santa Fe Comic-Con. Sorry, we don't pay to bring on cosplayers. We like to develop our own local talent. We can give you a table and you will market us on your site and sell $200 worth of tickets for us. Cosplayer. How am I supposed to make any money if I have to pay my own expenses? FCC, uh, SFCC. Um, are we family or something? So basically, he posted this thing that was incredibly unprofessional and kind of rude, to be honest. Especially... You know, because he, he, he's obviously had these conversations with people. Right. So he's, without pointing out any names, he's still making fun of specific people who have sent him these emails. Yeah. And uh, especially nowadays, it's not uncommon for conventions to bring in cosplay guests. And Absolutely. A lot of budding cosplayers who are trying to make a professional life out of it are actually reaching out to smaller conventions to try and book gigs. So this is not uncommon. Like, Comic-Cons expect this. If you don't like it, send them an email back that says no thank you. But don't yeah, because, do this. <laughs> because, because yeah. I mean, it's it's only logical that they reach out to these smaller cons because, because first of all, more than likely, unless you're, like, just absolutely huge, like yeah. Yahya Han or, or somebody Justin like that, Lee. you're not going to get a freebie to like San Diego International Comic Con. Right. Exactly. You're not going to get a freebie to New York City Comic Con. You're not going to get those those freebies to those huge cons. So they're going to go they got to they got to go after that low hanging fruit so to speak right. and go after those lower comic cons so that they can they can one they can get themselves known, two they can go enjoy doing what they do and and technically get it paid for but then also maybe make a little bit of money as well, because if they get to sell some stuff while they're there, yeah. because because that's the thing is that you know you're not a vendor. They're not a, they're not like a true vendor. They're yeah. not they're not you know bringing in merchandise and then going and selling it for a profit. You know, so it's not like I'm paying for a table, so I'm going to be able to you know sell. Uh, you know, I expect to be able to, to sell profit, at least a yeah. hundred items and break even. And if I I sell more than a hundred items, then that's just bank. 
you know, mm-hmm. it's not like that. And so, yeah. yeah, I totally, I totally get why they're reaching out to these smaller yeah. uh, cons. And that, and you know, and that's the thing. Conventions totally have it's all within their rights to refuse them politely and to say no, thank you. You know, we're work, we are not big enough to fly people in yet, or and we're not, you know, we're we're focusing more on our local talent. Yeah, but, and maybe we'll keep you in mind for the future type yeah. thing. But yeah. whenever you post something like this. It's just, it, it, it's just, I think it's, it's basically, he was completely ignorant of the fact that this was completely unprofessional. You know, he's probably used to posting this kind of stuff on his own personal Facebook and not thinking twice about it. But the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of Comic-Cons nowadays actually have people that they hire to run their social medias because of stuff like this. And... Then, like, and that's the thing. If it had just been that one post, I don't think it would have been a big deal. But then this guy just dug his own hole with. He just kept commenting. He kept commenting, and then he got into slut shaming and fake girl, oh, wow. fake geek girl yeah, comments, fake geek girls. and oh, wow. like a, a whole bunch of stuff. So he just dug himself a hole, and then they eventually just deleted the whole post. But of course, people saved it. And, and you yeah, know, the screenshots. Thing the thing that got me the most out of all of it was that it just showed that they were ignorant about the cosplay scene. And if they just said, you know, that at some point, if they've been like, look, guys, I'm sorry, I'm used to dealing with X, Y, Z. I yeah. didn't know this was going to cause a big thing. It's not what I meant. What I meant was mm-hmm. this. It would have been over. But like you said, they did the number one thing you don't do when you make a bad post. Yeah. They started replying to comments. Yeah. And then so and then. It just got it just got worse, and a lot of uh, professional cosplayers have actually commented on it. And I think one of the best responses was by Kamui Cosplay, and she is like, she's been my oh, yeah, she number one on cosplay senpai from like day one. Like she was the one that the first when I first started doing cosplay, she was the one that I found all the tutorials for, and so I've been following her for years now. But um, she posted like you know about how it, she started. She start that's a big long post about how she started off and how it just kind of grew so quickly into being uh, uh, an actual career for her. And it eventually she so she she wrote this this whole article about um, the value of cosplay guests, good advice and important rules is what it's called. And she's she mentions that you know. Um, Let's see. Let's see if I can get to the the actual part that I wanted to. Oh yeah, there's like how yeah, to and treat. I... Yeah. Sorry, I was gonna say for anyone that's interested, I did share the imager link with all the main comments that were replied, and this is one of them. And I, when I said mic drop earlier, like you were saying, it's perfectly written. It's not offensive. Mm-hmm. It's not a rebuttal. It's just kind of an explanation, which is what I feel like they needed. Yeah. This one, uh, let's see, it says, um, going to a convention usually involves booking a flight or driving there, getting a hotel room for the weekend, and of course, we also need food. Being invited means that all of these costs should be covered by the convention and not the guest. This might be different for a smaller local convention if you instead ask for a booth where you can maybe earn some money yourself and make the trip worthwhile. Once the con seriously profits from your your appearance and you are able to draw an additional amount of attendees, you should think about your conditions. And when you sh- it's just like, when should you ask for an appearance fee? It says, 
is the event asking you to come though it's in their that's exactly interest, it yeah to invest the in you being as well. invited part uh-huh so most of the time cosplayers and and get events strike a deal that covers travel expenses, accommodation, food, and a booth in exchange for panels, judging, and other guest duties. So yeah, that's yeah, the it, thing. And and eventually, it, that while yes, while it's nice to have ev- all of that covered, at at some point, um, and this is me paraphrasing now, at some point you do need to actually say, hey, so in addition to all that, I also need to be paid a fee because this is my time. I am working for you at this convention by doing panels and bringing right. in all these people. And that's the thing and that yeah. happens more if you, as the the bigger you get. But And that's and totally, that's all yeah. And that's all based off of being invited, which this guy's going on the opposite end and saying that people are wanting to to right. to invite themselves. And so I understand, going back to the original deal, I understand the reason why he posted it based off of that because he was probably getting a, a, a whole bunch of emails. But how he went about it was, like you said, it was totally unprofessional. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, as someone who's running a convention, you you just got to get used to that. You got to get used to people reaching out to you. Exactly. Like, do, you, do you have an extra spot for me? Do you, would this be of interest to you? Uh, you know, just got to use that kind of stuff because that's what being a convention is all about. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I even understand the solicitation because here's the thing. If I was running a con like here, we're small. All our cons are small. Mm-hmm. If I might not, I might not go after a big name because I might think they're not going to come. Or you can't so afford them. So if they, right. But if they yeah. came on and said, hey, can I come? I might be like, oh shit, yeah. I, I would love for you to come. I didn't think you would. Right. So this is awesome. Please and come. And then you could be like, especially if, Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you worked out a deal with a local hotel where you got like X amount of rooms for free as long as like so many people booked. You could put one of those rooms towards them. And then you um, could afford maybe their airfare. And then, of course, all you're out is the booth space. And if that's all they were asking for, that that might be pretty doable. You know, if they're not yeah, asking I, for the additional fees and everything like that, that might be pretty doable. I mean, you yeah. just offer something even. I mean, and I'm not saying to everyone, obviously you can't do that. But there, yeah. and, this blanket letter of sarcasm and wit right. isn't the way you go about these things. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why they're in hot water in a nutshell. And I think everybody understands what he was trying to say, but it doesn't excuse the fact that he said it. The way he said it. Yeah. So now how many people, I mean, you know, granted, it's probably more a local base type thing than anything, but how many people were out there that may have traveled, traveled to that event that now will not as a result of that? Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you don't know. I mean, it could be 10 people. It could be 100 people. You don't know. And that really sucks for the rest of the community there, I think. Like, that's really unfortunate that... That whole community that was expecting a fun convention is now going to probably not have it because the guy who runs it decided to say something stupid. So I feel bad. And if for they do have it, hopefully he'll learn from it, and he'll, I hope so. you know, make it make it right in some way or make it better if they do have it, and then he does have another one. But I mean, that anytime you you basically, it's called alligator. And hummingbirds. It's my dad used to tell me that all the time. It's like don't let your alligator mouth 
write a check that your hummingbird ass can't cash. And that's <laughs> that's what that means. You open your big mouth and 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 that's exactly you know put your foot in your mouth. And so hopefully he'll learn from that, you know, and and improve upon it and go on. If he doesn't, then you know, he was doomed for failure from the beginning if he's that type of person anyway. Yeah. I don't think yeah. he's going to get any better though. Like if you look at recent posts on the page, he posted a picture that says a man needs no PR team. Oh. And then he posted a thing saying that people shouldn't tell him how to act on his business page. Oh. And that was Yeah, that does like sound promising. Apparently two days ago they interviewed him for a Kotaku article saying I'm glad they let me get my side out. And it's like uh, <laughs> Either, you, just because awesome. you got your side out doesn't mean that we we understand what yeah. his side is. It's how you went about saying it. Yeah. You know, you can say no, thank you. I'm not big enough. I can't afford it. Please stop emailing me. Please let everybody know that I'm not taking any outside sources at this time. You yeah. can say that without being a dick. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah, that's the big issue. Yeah. Yep. And he doesn't so, seem to have any interest think, in changing his tune. So I think he deleted nope. it, but there was a he made a post like nearly right after right after the um the 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 drama happened, saying that one of his, his guests canceled on him and he was like, and so it begins. But um yeah. what do you expect? He like the martyr he screenshotted, Yeah, but he screenshotted the email and the email was from April, like April eighteenth, way before this whole drama thing got started. And oh, it was wow. from yeah. her. It was from her got her her people saying, "Hey, just to let you know, a um, opportunity came up, so she's not going to be able to make it." Yeah, she so, probably got something happened, bigger like, last month. That happened like last month, so now he's using it as an excuse. But then he oh, poor pity me. Yeah, he stupidly screenshotted the the date that the email was sent. So there's like, yeah, he's, he sounds like he's obvious. a dumbass anyway. He he's yeah. pretty much playing this martyr card up, but it's really a douchebag card. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The d bag. I mean, he's like, oh, I'm getting martyred because women hate me. They think I'm slut shaming, and they're all fake geek girls. I mean, this is my personal attitude on this, so Ugh, whatever. But, but I could, I, I could think do, that it's just douchebag behavior. I could do a whole podcast about how. The idea of the fe- fake geek girl is just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, you know life. what, Rose? Maybe we should <laughs> next time. You know, it's not. It's <laughs> we not, need to. We need just, to for real. <laughs> it's not. It's not just this though. You know? Did you guys hear? This is this. I don't know. I should have brought this up during news. New York <laughs> Comic Con is doing like uh, these uh, visitor tests kind of things, fandom test kind what? of panel, whatever. They're they're requiring people to like. I don't know what they're going to do, but I heard about it. I don't know if it's going to be like, who is this character and what is, I don't know what they're doing or, but they want to make sure people have a real interest in the things they're going to see. And I think that that, that pisses me off. Yeah. It's like, what if you're not into like X-Men, but you're really, really into Superman? Like, I mean, you're probably lame because you like Superman and not X-Men, but why is a comic con going to get to judge what you're going to like, you know? Well, it's not so much liking. I mean, you just wouldn't be able to take up a spot on a panel for a real fan and all this because it's so big. And I get that. But my pet peeve with cons in general right now is that they've somehow become this gauge of true nerdom. Yeah. Like, did you did you go into did you go into personal debt and mortgage your house to go to San Diego Comic Con or? Oh my God, we'll talk about that in a minute. 
<laughs> are, are, you're not a, you're not a real fan. You can't be a real fan. You haven't met Stan Lee. You know these right. kind of things. Yeah. yeah you didn't, you didn't like, pay your two hundred and fifty dollars to get that photo op and that freaking line pass to freaking meet Stan Lee. So you're not a real fan. And that, but that's what people think. And I'm like, no, my money goes towards actual comic books and toys. I don't have money to fly uh, halfway across the country toys. either way <laughs> to go to a to go to a, well collectibles. But I'm not, I'm not going to go there right now. Uh, Your wife go, calls them toys. <laughs> to Your rebuttal to a, is collectibles. <laughs> to go to a con to to sweat with four thousand other people for three days. And get to see the, you know, the Green Ranger from a yard and a half away or whatever, two football fields. I don't care. Uh-huh. I'm not going to do it. I don't, I, I my, my fandom is what it's always been. I don't feel like I need to go to a thing to do it. Right. Right. Or to prove it. Well, and that's the thing is that, uh, you know, I don't know where, you know, we're going to be talking about some different things, but. That's that's you know, we were talking about the smaller con like Santa Fe, you know, and how the guy's a douchebag, but it's starting off, you know. These smaller cons, if they do get somebody that's pretty cool that you're interested in, that's the con to go to. Because your chance to actually get to meet them and talk to them and just, you know, shake their hand or whatever is like a higher probability than trying to find that person at a larger con. Yeah. And 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 that's that's why a lot of those smaller cons, when they bring in some of those people, you know, are freaking awesome. Because, uh, you know, they're great cons anyway, but, but also because, you know, you're able to kind of reach out and touch that person a little bit. Or even if you are in that panel with that person, you're not in a Hall H panel with like 7,000 freaking people. There may be like, you know, 100 people in there or something like that. So you're still relati- relatively close. So that's the cool thing about those I mean, smaller cons. I got to open the door for Zordon, so. Boom. I'm pretty right? much famous, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. That's braggable. Well, and like we got to welcome Trina Nishimura, and she was like super. She loved it. It was so great. We got to welcome her to after she landed in the airport, and she's like a pretty big, decently big voice actor. You know, Attack on Titan, and and she posted about that too. Yeah. Oh, she was telling people about it all during the call. She was. She thought all those people were for somebody else. (laughs) She and then, the and then she realized they were, yeah. And then she realized they were for her, and she just was stoked. Yeah, I mean, she was sitting there, she was sitting there talking to uh, what's his name? Oh God, the Blue Ranger, uh, David Yost, oh, yeah. and she was telling him about it. And I was like, Oh God, I hope he got an equally warm welcome, or he's going to be like, Screw he's going to feel kind of slammed, right? <laughs> well, they, they Where were the actually, Power Rangers to welcome me? Yeah, they he, they, he did. They, they did. They got like, well, they didn't have like. Co- Power Rangers costumes, unfortunately. So they just got people, uh, like teen teenagers and young adults, to dress up like in the specific colors. And then whenever he showed up, they were all like, uh, "It's Morphin time!" Yeah, that's was, that's what they got to do for him. So that, I mean, that's what you get with small cons. Big cons can roll out a big carpet, and you expect it. But these small cons, I think it catches mm-hmm. these guys the guests. Sure. Yeah, really. That's, you know, in the feels. That's when they last see that. year. Last year they had. Uh, uh, Kaya Cosplay, she's on here with us during our, our cosplay episode. Last year, they had her dressed up as Bulma meet Chris Sabat at the airport. and she had I remember little, that. She had a little sign that said, uh, you're Bulma. And it was like, he loved it. He was like, cons don't do this kind of stuff. This is so cool. But he like totally yeah. like, he totally like went 
went with it. He was like, oh, my bum! And, like, doing the vo- voice and everything. And it was it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I mean, big shout-outs. I mean, I guess we should get to that part, maybe, about the con that we were at. Yeah. Why see And how we baby? didn't record an episode there because they had really bad Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah, what was up with cool. that, man? It was, you know, uh, it's, I got, it's convention I got there super Wi-Fi. early on Sunday. Yeah. But still, you gotta, I mean, well, I know the con doesn't have anything to do with that because it's already stuff that's set in by the convention center, but still, you know, you would think that they would have that, you know, ability because they, they have stuff there all the time that's huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got there really early Sunday morning when there was like nobody there and I tested the Wi-Fi speed and it was like four megs and I was like, what is this? There's no one here yet and it's still <laughs> terrible. Now, now right. in, the, in the con's defense, we actually had trouble getting on the con Wi-Fi, the YC3 Wi-Fi, so we were on the Civic Center Wi-Fi. But even that was showing full strength and was not very good, so I can't imagine theirs was much stronger. So that's why there was no live episode. That's why there was no episode last week because we couldn't record. And that's why we I actually couldn't remote got in. fairly busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we well, we were fairly busy is why there wasn't just a three person, you know, episode. And also they we came met over the fan. loudspeaker with announcements like every twenty minutes, so it would have interrupted the recording anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think when I first got there. It was like an hour before the doors actually opened to the VIP people. And they were already like, vendors, welcome to the third day. And I was like, why are you doing this? <laughs> and then like 30 minutes later, vendors, welcome. And I'm like, you already said that. Then 30 minutes later, it's like, VIP is now coming. And it's like, yeah, I, I know. I have a clock. Like, <laughs> I understood. So, the, I understood so they're like announcing. announcing so, so they're announcing the schedule as it goes through the day, like they're a bard at a medieval festival. Pretty much. Yeah, and like yeah. I understand them saying, yeah. like you know, there's this event in 20 minutes, and a lot of people were saying that the reason that they were announcing events was because they were having trouble actually filling up the rooms for panels. Yeah. At least for some of them. Wow. But like they give like a reminder where it's like in 30 minutes is this. In 20 minutes is this. And then it's about to happen right now. It's and then, going like, on And then you can tell right that they now. were delaying it because they're like, there's still seating available in the in this room for this. And it's like, if I was going to go, I would be there. Yeah. That's the thing yeah. is that, you know, a lot of people when they go to cons, you know, they, you know, when I've gone to small cons, I've gone to big cons. And the, the thing is, is that I look at the schedule. And it's with anything. I mean, it doesn't have to be a con. It could be a car show or something. I'm gonna if they got a schedule, I'm gonna look at it and I'm gonna see what I'm interested in, and then I'm gonna go to it. And oh, so yeah. if I'm if I'm going, I'm going. I mean, I don't need you know I don't need that on the loudspeaker every freaking ten minutes telling me. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, see, that's the thing. Whenever a-, a con just came out with their schedule like last week, and I haven't had the time to go through it yet, but I usually like print it out. And like highlight everything I'm interested in, and then decide to what to go to from there. <laughs> oh, I mean, any, <laughs> now, anybody now, that goes to anything big like that, they've got to anticipate some kind of a schedule. You know, I mean, even if you're not accustomed to comic cons, at least you've probably gone to something that's been big enough that's got a schedule. You yeah. know, an itinerary now, the, or something. 
in their defense, I thought the con was well done. I'm not. We're not bashing yeah. anyone here. No, no, wanna... it was. It was. No, no, fun. no. It. I was just saying there was a lot of loudspeaker for... stuff that would have interrupted a podcast. Yeah, that that's all we're getting out is the podcast was not gonna happen because we actually met one fan, one true fan, hardcore fan. Yeah. Woo. And we didn't get his name. Oh, okay, but wait, shout wait, out to that guy. Get, shout out to are. the one fan that came to the table. Well, yeah. it was one real fan. Like this guy knew our episodes and our names and, you know, was yeah. like, I'm sorry. I haven't listened to Civil War yet. And he was cool. Did, did he did he ask it's, where I was it's, at? It's, or, yeah, it's or, Joseph. Did he, Joseph did he even Lane. ask? Did he even ask? Oh, was it Joe? Shout out. Or did him. he just see the Kit Kat tape to the to the chair and be like, oh, yeah, there's Kern. <laughs> I think he knew. I think he knew. <laughs> what was his name? Joseph. Joseph? Yeah. Joseph? Yeah. Joseph Nguyen. Oh, Nguyen. I, don't, I don't remember getting his name. Yeah, he, he it's funny. He actually said that he he forgot to introduce himself and, and he left without saying who he was. But I remembered seeing him comment on our stuff before, so that's how I remembered who he was. Mm. Oh, awesome! He's a, he's a very, he was a very cool dude. Yeah, we were like, he was like, yeah, cool. I really, I really enjoy this. Sh- well, this shout show. out, we were like, shout out to like, Joseph what? right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was the, it was our first brush with uh with fame. Hey, it's got to start yeah. with one, Joseph. You're it. Well, there You've were other it. people, other podcasters and stuff that that knew us, but right? They didn't. They weren't like, oh, this episode was cool, and you guys, and you're so funny, and I'll do. He was. He was actually happy to meet us, so that was very was cool. Awesome. Well, man, Joseph, yeah, I, I, I hope we continue. Surreal. I hope we continue to make you happy. Right? Yeah, it, it was, was very cool. It was because it was weird just meeting people that were like, "Oh, you guys do a podcast? That's awesome!" and then wanted to talk about it, and you know, handing out business cards and having banners. It's all very strange. It's all very, very cool. Very cool. Well, I saw yeah. the booth. I, you know, I didn't get to be there, but I saw the booth that you guys. Set up through the pictures and everything. It looked awesome. You know, the cards looked great. Everything looked great. You know, I'm sorry I flipped the Munchkin table over via Kit Kat, but um, <laughs> you know, uh, that's okay. You know, temper tantrums. You know, yeah. If, no, you, it looked if great. you didn't catch that, you should definitely go on Twitter and check out hashtag uh, Kit Kat Curry. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> uh, that was awesome, guys. That, day. that was awesome. Uh, that, that was it. Totally was day cool. three. Uh, we were we were stretched out. I'd been up there since like the middle of Friday. I was I was done, so I was like, I'm gonna have fun today. I don't really <laughs> have any plans. So the guys got with me, and we were like, Oh, Kern's gonna be here. It was pretty hilarious. Awesome, awesome. Yep, it was a good time. So and we we met a lot of people too, man. Like uh, just interesting other vendors. So. What were some of the, you know, what were some of the prizes and stuff that you gave away? I know we gave away some prizes and and things like that, but I, I know we had some steam codes that we were giving out at the convention, oh, yeah. and then and then I know there was like a big loot crate winner and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, sh- uh, shout out to Dimitri Rose who won our right, yeah. big loot crate drawing. With I said congrats to him on Facebook. Too. Yeah, hmm, not rigged at all. Not rigged. No, at all. <laughs> I don't think that's his real name. I think that's his Facebook name. That, yeah, cool. on his entry little card thing, it had two names. It had his real name and his Facebook name. Yeah, okay. we're, we're going to respect anonymity here. Right. That's uh, totally but, cool. 
Yeah, yeah. And hopefully yeah. soon we'll be doing another Facebook giveaway. Now that we have some more likes, we can like share all of our likes. We'll probably do a smaller one first and then do a bigger one once we get to like 500 likes maybe. Maybe we'll put out oh, a number. Oh, yeah. Hey, so when is Amicon, by the way? Because, you know, um, if I got a chance um, to fly out there, I'm going to do it. I believe Amicon. it is in July. Because I know in June is Kamapalooza yes. in Houston. It's okay. July 23rd and 24th. Okay. I might be able to do that. That's two months away. But that, that that's another big con that locally that we'll be doing. Yeah. Uh, I think probably just going as media representation types. But it, no table? Cool. No, no, I don't think we'll do a table this time. We had enough table. I'm tabled out right now. <laughs> this table. Uh, because we, 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 did a, we did a couple of giveaways, obviously. And then we had a comic trivia contest. And that went well, I think. I saw the post but, on that. Yeah. That looked cool. Yeah, my friend it was, John. I think I looked familiar, was too. He's a, he's a friend. He's actually, it's really funny. He was one of my friends in, like, junior high. When I was like Does, is he grade. a big bowler or anything? No. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't know. He looks familiar, and I, I don't know. I was thinking the bowling alley maybe is where I saw him. You know? <laughs> Not that I hang uh, out there all the time, but. I don't know. But Jonathan, another Jonathan was there as a friend of mine, and then Jonathan that won was there. And then Scott, who was also in the contest, was actually had a booth across from us for T-Amp. And we hung out with him over the weekend, and he was a really cool dude. And the contest went really, really well because some of the questions were uh, really difficult. Like I mixed it up, and the guys looked at the questions, and they were all like, "We don't, we don't know what any of these are. This is going to go <laughs> horribly bad. No one's going to know any of this." And then, surprisingly, I don't think one question didn't get answered in one By way somebody, or another. Yeah, yeah. So it was really cool to have those guys come in and interact with us. And so, how did you guys uh, run that run that questionnaire? Did did you give it to them and they had to answer it right in front of you, or could they walk around the corner and Google all that stuff? No, no, no we they did had it to live. Right there. Oh wow, very cool. Jeopardy. Yeah, very cool. We uh, I had a list of twenty twenty five questions, and people raised their hand, and whoever went first, we had judges pick the person they answered. The, the second person that raised their hand answered, and we awarded points and. Some half points and the winner Very cool. walked away with the, I think, what was it? Suicide Squad Volume 1, Marvel's Eye of I the Camera, yeah. uh, DC Villains CD, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Pass, Neck Pass, like they wear in the series, and some other stuff uh, they got. So it was a very cool deal to see people get excited and interact and actually, you know, do something. Very cool. Yeah. It was fun. How many how many people participated in the uh, in the in the contest? We had three that answered questions. There were about another six that were watching, so it was all around. Uh, other people stopped, so about a dozen total. I mean, oh, wow. which doesn't cool. sound very big, but the con was wow. not. It's not a huge con. It's nah, a small local. Dude, con. this this was the first time that I mean, you know, for anybody that's listening, and and if they're listening for the first time, you know, we're only like eleven episodes in. And so we're very brand new, and th and this was you know this con was the first con that we had done ever, and it's a small con like we were talking about small cons before. So no, that's totally awesome to get you know even if we only had two people, that's that's cool if they took the time to stop by. Yeah, yeah, it was really. Fun. Uh, so what were what were some of you guys' favorite 
things from the con itself, not just from us interacting with people. I got to MC the costume contest. Those were fun. Oh, who won that, Rose? Um, The adult costume contest was won by the Moon Knight from Fanboy Hobby Cosplay. Um, Definitely have to check them out. Yeah, they're really cool. Um, Sinya, she's done... She's done a really good uh, Scarlet Witch cosplay that won. Yes. That won, I think, best craftsmanship at Dallas Comic Con Fan Days back in October. Oh wow! I think that's Very what she cool. won. I know she won one of the prizes, but it was really well done. Um, and then the kids' costume contest was really fun. That was on a, that was on Sunday. Um, the kid that won was the the kid who had the uh, the Halo Pop figure costume. He had like yeah, Master it was Chief like little Funko Master Pop. Chief Funko Pop. So he had like a box around him and everything. It was super cute. You know, I wasn't at the Comic Con, but I got to see the pictures. And the and the two favorite things that I saw was the uh the uh minion R2 unit. I thought that oh, was God. freaking awesome. I saw Rose <laughs> next to it, that was awesome. And then the other thing was it was in the Globe News, it was the the picture of Rose signing the uh, she was actually signing up for the cosplay competition, but in my head, I'm envisioning her signing up a <laughs> petition on Captain America's side for Civil War, almost oh, as yeah. if like yeah, and and that's, that's exactly how I envisioned it, it in my head, and um and of course I commented <laughs> on it that said she was signing autographs, uh, but that's how I envisioned it. It was almost like we're doing this petition, you know, to protect the, you know, to protect us, you know, and that's almost how I envisioned yeah. it when I saw it. That was cool. I like that. I think that's what I'm going to go with. I was actually, um, what I was actually doing was uh, going around to all the people who had signed up for the contest and make sure I was getting everybody's names right before oh, okay. I said it on stage. But um, yeah, I love that shot because it looks like I'm signing something for Iron. Uh, exactly, for and it's on his shield yeah. and yeah. everything. I mean, it's so perfect. It was great. It was actually uh, it was the front on the front page of the Amarillo Globe newspaper. Yeah, I know. It was and, awesome. Uh, yeah, shout out to Repent Amarillo. Yeah, right? apparently this uh, this group of protesters showed up. I didn't ever actually see any of them, but they were protesting that. Um, apparently spending time with comic books and ca- video game characters and that kind of stuff was uh, idolatry. So we were all sinning by being there. Um. Yeah. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, you're doing idolatry. You yeah. Know? I mean, yeah. if you're watching a football game, I mean, oh, come on, yeah, you, you know, seriously. Watch, yeah, that, it's like anything that's apparently, like if you're going to use that excuse, then that means you can't do anything that isn't religion-based Without sinning. It's just ridiculous. Right. You know what what cracked me up? You mentioned that, Kern, that if you're watching football or whatever, if you look on the photo they have, I believe one of the protesters is wearing an Oakland Raiders jersey. (laughs) There you go. I don't know if they're Oakland. Freaking hypocrite. He's a hypocrite. I would have been like, you "You cosplaying too as your favorite sports guy? Isn't that just like what I'm doing? The, the, you know, I go to, I go, I haven't gone the last two years, you know, because we've talked about it in the past because of the expense and everything, but at the International Comic Con, those guys, you know, not necessarily that group, but those, those, those types are there in like full force at, at San Diego. And my favorite thing to see is like when you see Spock holding up a sign next to these people that says, God hates Jedi. 
and it's freaking <laughs> hilarious. Or it's a trooper. It's a trooper saying God hates Jedi. You know, whatever. You know, I mean, it's just awesome whenever I see cosplayers interacting with these yeah. people in a way that's not like they're not going after them and bashing them, like getting in an argument or anything like that. They're just like, you know, like I said, holding up that sign that's kind of like making fun of the whole whole deal, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not trying yeah, to make fun of religion or anything, but I'm just saying, you know, come on. You know, no, it's a comic con. People are just having really fun. Well, I thought it was really well handled, uh, especially coming out. We went to lunch that day, and uh, they made a comment about my wife's uh, Harley Quinn outfit while she was coming out. Mm-hmm. And you know that, it, she it looked hot, by the way. I'm, I'm not, I'm not like <laughs> you know, you know, saying anything derogatory or anything like that. But that was fantastic freaking cosplay that she had on, man. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was awesome. freaking awesome. I, I think everyone had fun Saturday. Like I think we all enjoyed that day a yeah. lot. We we tried to get a game of Munchkin in, and you know what? We actually had people talking to us, and it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say if I had a critique of the thing. It would probably be the panels. I I hate to be uh, a you know a Debbie, Debbie Downer. Downer here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Uh, no, there's nothing wrong with the panels that they had the way they had them. They just could have been improved because uh, some of the YouTube panels it was just like one group and it could have been more groups uh, to get different perspectives and like the comic collecting thing. Uh, you know. I, I just thought some of the panels could have used more perspective or more people on them. And there were people that were available that were there that I don't know why they weren't on panels. Yeah. And yeah. That, right. that was all. I mean, the people that were on panels were fine to be on them, which is unusual. But and you had some people, you had some people come up to the table. I know Greg Harms, uh, uh friend of mine, that uh, artist, I know, I think he came by y'all's table, didn't he? Uh, uh, yeah, I went and talked to Greg. Oh, maybe you went, went and talked talk to, to him. him. Yeah, because he yeah. posted about that. Yeah. Mentioned it, talked to him. Uh, we talked to the guys from TMP, of course, because they were there. And they had some really cool... They make, like, unique shirts. They were really awesome. Uh, Sour Bunny was there, who... Uh, they they won some art contests at some of the bigger cons, like Kamapalooza. Yeah. They were really cool. Uh, did you, Greg did you guys... There. Did you guys get to talk to the two Derricks, Derek Fleece and Derek Moreland from uh they do the comic streaming? They're out of Lubbock. Yeah, they were there. Yeah. They were there. They're great and, guys. Uh, we talked we got to talk to a lot of people, a lot of the cosplayers we talked to, a lot of the other podcasts came by and talked to us. Some people were just in the attendance and they came and talked to us. Um uh, so you know, there's lots of opportunities out there and it was really fun to see the community and to be around other nerds and to actually have real conversations about what we do on the podcast, which is it's harder than you think because people come up and they go, oh, what's your podcast about? And you want to just say, oh, comics and movies and games and cosplay. And, yeah. You know, it's so much more shows. Yeah. And you can sit you, there for 10 you know, minutes. That's not enough. That's not enough for people that know it and do other things in the same, you know, area, same field. It's like, oh, well, we're really excited about X, Y, Z and you got to get into it and. It was right. Fun. It was just. Yeah, I try to explain it to people like it's it's you know it it's comic and movie and and gaming related on a lot of levels, but it's it's basically anything nerd related. And and then when I say yeah. that, I'm like anything can be you can be a nerd about anything, you know. And that's how I explain it to them. I'm like you can be a nerd about science, which we've talked about science stuff. You can be a nerd about yeah. games. You can be a nerd about you know. Uh, 
history. You know, I mean, it's anything. You know, so it's it, you know, I think it's whatever we think is going to be a good topic we're going to cover. Yeah, right. Chris, what about you, man? What was your favorite thing there? Man, I was just tired the whole time. <laughs> I like never really left our booth whenever I was there, which was fine because I knew like. I, I know at, like, smaller cons like this, like, if you don't have money, there's less to experience. Because, like, um, most of the booths are, like, trying to sell something. Or it's a cosplayer or somebody who, like, you can talk to them about cosplay, but then they're also going to have, like, some prints they want to sell. So, like, I didn't have any money, so I didn't really... I was like, I can't go talk to David Yost because I don't have enough money. Yeah. I, don't, I can't go talk to Admiral Akbar because I don't have enough money. Well, you could I can't still go talk, talk to, the, to them. You just can't I can't, buy I can't talk to the car from Supernatural because I don't have enough money. <laughs> so because it's a car, because it's a car. But uh, uh, I don't know. Just sitting there at the booth was still really fun. Um, I was gonna say about the other podcast that came by. There were two people. I think there were just two people from other podcasts that came by because oh, yeah. there was a uh, Eli. I think is his name. Eli from the Yellow City podcast yeah. came by. And uh, he actually um, invited me to record with them on their next podcast. Nice, awesome. And they have they have a pretty big following. They have uh, I think they're mainly on <laughs> they're mainly Traitor. on uh, SoundCloud. I think, but um, so yeah, I might be on their podcast here pretty soon. Uh, and then the other one was um, hold on just a second. I gotta find. I want to make sure I get the name. right. It was the dialogue wheel, right? That came by. Yeah. Is that the, the other yeah, one you were yeah. gonna mention? Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a girl was from name? the dialogue, dialogue wheel. I can't remember. I can't remember her name. Yeah. Oh, shame on you guys. So I was trying to remember. It was on her, Twitter. Her Twitter name's Chachi Bobinks. I yeah. remember her actual name. Oh right. Yeah. But yeah. On she Twitter, she's cool. Chachi Bobinks. But uh, what's really interesting about her podcast, I was like, so what do you podcast about? You know, and I was expecting the kind of general answer. Because, like, I know Yellow City Podcast focuses mainly on Amarillo stuff and, like, Amarillo people and their uh -huh. stories and things like that. And, you know, like, like we were saying, like, our answer is sort of like, you know, we just talk about everything nerdy, you know, movies, books, games, whatever. But uh, I asked her what her podcast was about, and she was like... We're, our podcast is mainly about Bioware and Bioware games. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> that's interesting just because it's so specific. Yeah. You know, and then she even admitted, you know, there hasn't been much to talk about lately because, like, they're working on uh, Mass Effect Andromeda that's supposed to come out early next year, I think. Yeah. But we have, like, basically no information other than it exists and that it happens far away from where the other games happen. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. And like, I think the yellow city guy, Eli and her both had the same reaction when they saw us. Cause they were like, so where are you guys based out of? And they were like, we were like here. here. Yeah. And they were like, there's another podcast here. Like they, like they both thought they were the only podcast in Amarillo. Oh, wow. <laughs> which I thought was really interesting. So, um, <laughs> So yeah, the interaction was really cool, but I especially liked the interaction with the other podcast people because um, just finding out, like, I'll be interested to go to the recording for Yellow City Podcast just to see, like, what their setup is and what yeah, still you know, the all way their they gear do it ideas. and what their equipment is and all that stuff. I think that'll be really interesting. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then he also mentioned that there's a podcast in Canyon, like they weren't at the con, but there's a podcast apparently called uh, The Taste of Music or something like that. The Smell of Music. Is that what it was? The Smell of Music. Yeah, and they That's like right. listen I was to like, really I remembered it didn't music. make sense. Yeah, oh, yeah, he like, told us to, basically just yeah. listen to weird old songs or something and review them. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they did a whole episode on uh, Jaw Rule, he said. What's yeah. the oh, worst yeah, Jaw yeah, Rule yeah. song? <laughs> And he's yeah. like, you guys, you guys should get with them because I think it would be funny. And I, was, I don't know. I might have to reach out to them because that that sounds like I would love it. Sounds very interesting. Yeah. There's only one rule: jaw rule. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was really cool. It, the one other thing that really impressed me was seeing the cosplay. Like, obviously, that kid in the Master Chief Funk Pop oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, I saw like, the pic of that. Him, that was cool. Yeah, as soon as I saw him, I took a picture and I was like, this kid better win. And he did. Yeah. Hell yeah. But like, yeah. I he guess almost... obviously, like I know Rose cosplays and I know uh, Kai cosplay. And then other than that, um, and I know, uh, oh, I can't remember what his cosplay name is. Um, Keevan's? Yeah, Keevan. I can't remember <laughs> yeah, what his Dark Prince cosplay. cosplay name is. Yeah, that's right. So I knew like those three, and like that's pretty much all I knew that were actually like active cosplayers in Amarillo. Mm-hmm. So seeing a bunch of people walk by, like I knew that some people came from out of town, but I was still like, "Wow, that's a really good costume, and that's a really good costume, and why are there so many good costumes walking by? Like this is yeah. not what I was expecting." There's did so you, did many- you see a guy dressed up like Scotty from the original yep. Star we Trek talked series? To him too. That's a buddy of mine. Yeah. He does great yeah, leather work. Yeah, he said he, he was like he was like uh, he mentioned that he knew you and that he you guys were friends. Yeah, he does fantastic leather work. He's like he and his daughter. This is the funny thing is that you know we're talking about the the cosplays and everything like that. He he totally wasn't into this at all, and um, his daughter started getting into it because that's the generation now. You know they're they're all cosplay and everything like that. And because he does leather work and everything like that, and his wife also does sewing and everything like that, mm-hmm. their daughter started learning different things. And her thing now is to do cosplay. And so he always did Renaissance festivals and everything like that. And so he's yeah. like, okay, well, it's not about me anymore. It's about her. So I'm going to try to help do her thing. And so he started helping her, you know, teaching her things. And then she started doing stuff on her own. So that that's why he's there at those things because his daughter does the cosplay and, and she does fantastic cosplay. They're, they're, they're out of uh, South of Lubbock. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's totally awesome. You know, because, you know, now it's like him totally supporting his daughter in her thing, which is the cosplay thing. And, and she's still in high school and everything like that and taking her to these cons and, uh, you know, basically letting her spread her wings and learn stuff. And, and he's learning also and trying to experience as well. So he's kind of getting into it as well, obviously with the, uh, the Scotty uniform and stuff. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And Kern, I have a question because I think I know that dude. He used to do SCA, yes? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We we, we have a mildly active uh, LARPing community here in town that both Kern and I have been members of for sustained periods of time at some point in our lives. So, right, right. It, it's not unusual for us to run across people like that and be like, wait a minute. Are you yeah. AppGuard or Anacronist? Or oh. SCA. Yeah, and that's the th- and that's where his thing was, is that that's where he, he, he did his leather work before. You know, he started out, you know, doing stuff in the SCA, and he's a, a retired uh, DPS officer, so he got into 
doing uh, duty holsters and, and stuff like that. And then he started getting into saddles and then he started getting into other things. And now he's doing like kind of like with his daughter now, you know, doing fantasy stuff and everything like that. And it's just awesome, you know, because you know he's kind of transitioned through the years into different uh, things with his leather work. And then now he's, you know, like I said, he's going to these conventions with his daughter doing cosplay. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So are there you know, any whenever the Emerald Globe News guy interviewed us and we were talking about cosplay and the, the nerd culture here. Um we brought up how there's LARPing here in Amarillo and he genuinely seemed surprised. Like he said he was from New Hampshire and he wasn't like that familiar with the area. But like he wasn't just surprised that this convention was happening or that there were cosplayers here. Like whenever we mentioned LARPing, oh, he yeah. was like, Really? Like he was just he was just confused that that even was going on here. That was the guy that yeah. uh, was was interviewing us for the Globe, right? Yes, where yeah, we made yeah, it into yeah. the papers. Yeah. yeah. So not well, only that was did a I long time ago when I used picture, to picture. We also like we also uh, got quoted in the newspaper too. And yeah, Chris. Oh heck yeah, podcast dude. I, I, I was. I, and that's what I was about to say. I was totally stoked when I read that Nerdtastic Four was in there. As Nerdtastic Four podcast, I was totally stoked. Yeah. I was like, "Man, I really hope that people are like what? What is that?" And Google search it or whatever, and you know, hopefully yeah. start listening. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Definitely so pretty cool. awesome. So, I know some of the other things we were going to talk about. You know, we were talking about the YC three, but we were also going to talk about a, a little about some of the different cons that we've gone to in the past that we may have enjoyed or not enjoyed in comparison to like maybe, oh, yeah. you know, when we were talking about the smaller cons and we touched, touched a little bit of base on like international San Diego, you know, all the way down to like our local comic con of YC three and stuff. So, you know, you know, I'm going to ask Desmond right now, you know, what, you know, I don't know how many cons you've gone to, but you know, uh, what's, what's your favorite con that you've ever gone to? Uh, I'm not a big con goer, you know, uh, like I was saying earlier, uh, but the one of my favorites actually is Amicon. I have mm-hmm. to say the local con because it's local. Right. That's that sells me on it. Um, mostly because I like to see the local artists and get to yeah. support them and interact with them and uh, your local stores. And since I've lived in Lubbock and stuff, it's nice to be able to buy from like Black Dog and places that I used to buy when I was in college and you know, come back and talk with those guys like I used to when I was there and right. see artists that maybe I knew when I was there and talk to them or guys that I went to high school with that are doing stuff now. It, it's right. just kind of interesting to see the whole local, you know, community coming together. Right. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Um, I've only been to, I think I went to Amicon last year. Uh, RTX last year, and then YC3 this year. So which was your which was your favorite, and why? Uh, my favorite was RTX just because it was huge, and yeah. like I got to meet like a lot of people that I knew from YouTube and stuff. You know, oh, okay. I got to I got to meet like the obviously a, a few people from Rooster Teeth. Ah, met, yeah, uh, we talked about those a guys. Couple people, yeah. I met a couple people that are just like Twitch streamers that went just to see if people knew who they were yet. <laughs> I met, um, I got to high five Danny from the Game Grumps. Ah. Um, and I got to meet like 
so many fans that were like all fans of the same stuff I was. So like we were just like ah, that's totally cool friends. Yeah. So like I'm sitting, I'm sitting there most of the time. I was sitting at a table with my 3ds doing spot pass with uh, just people walking by. So like I connected with people from like almost every state in the country and connected with people from other countries. And like I'd sit alone at a table and people would always come over and say, can I sit here? I'd say, yeah. And we'd immediately start talking about what we liked about Rooster Teeth or like what our favorite show was or who our favorite you Very know, on-screen cool. personality was. And that was just really, really fun. That's awesome. Right. So just so like, it was more about knowing. that social interaction than it was anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I, I, got, I got to play some games that hadn't come out yet. I got to, uh, you know, I got to play a game in the Oculus Rift. I got to... Um, meet like some developers and just talk to them about it but like still my favorite thing was just meeting like the random people that i'll never see again but like we were instantly friends for 15 minutes right that's awesome right that's awesome yeah what about you rose um well so while i really did enjoy blizzcon i think that my favorite convention is still akon in dallas it's an anime convention, but they it's really not just anime. Like, they have so many different panels that cover, like, a gambit of everything. They have panels on writing stories. They have panels on running uh, tabletop games. They have panels on writing and creating tabletop games. Right. They have video game panels. They have steampunk panels. They have anime, voice actor, everything that you could think of. So if there's... If you're any kind of nerd, you will find something for you at Akon. And so right. uh, last year, I got to go to Anime Mitsuri, which I was super excited about because I've heard about it. It's it's, a, it's supposed to be a huge, awesome con. And it was fun, kind of, but it really... I was disappointed, to be honest. Like, uh, the scheduling was really terrible, and the they put the cosplay panel rooms in this big giant game room, so the echo was terrible, and you couldn't hear anything they were saying, even though they're sitting like ten feet away from you. Uh, so yeah, and all the events started like two hours late, and you had to stand in line like an hour and a half uh, after that two hours that they started late. It's just not fun. So right. I was really disappointed with Anime Mitsuri. And I probably won't go back unless I have a bunch of friends that want to go for whatever reason. But seriously, yeah. like every time, Akon has been a blast and has never disappointed me. Right. Yeah. I got to agree. You know, the smaller cons are awesome. You know, I went to the very first Amicon. I, uh, I think I went to the very first YC3. Um, and um, I, I love the, you know, and I, even though I'm not there in Amarillo anymore, you know, I love the, the, the cons that are on the local levels. Um, I've gone to a few cons in the past and, and my favorite con to go to, and it's a love hate relationship. And that's, you know, we talk about the big cons, that's the international San Diego comic con. And, um, I think, you know, I, I think it would be awesome if, if everybody at one point had the opportunity to experience it once just for the simple fact of the, amount of vendors that are there the floor space that's taken up and the amount of cosplayers that are there i mean it's just like crazy 
and they're all over and it's fantastic stuff all over the place. And, um, but you know, my strategy going in, into those places are like, okay, what, what feasibly can I obtain out of this? You know, when we were talking about, you know, uh, hall, you know, earlier I mentioned hall H, you know, you got people that stand in line at hall H for like 14, 24 hours, whatever to get into that so that they can be in, in one panel and, and the panels that I pick and choose are the ones that, you know, you were mentioning like voice actor stuff and things like that. You know, those, those panels that are really, truly interested in. And then of course, you know, I don't know if anybody ever saw the, uh, um, uh, TV, the sci-fi TV series that came out of, uh, I think it came out two years ago. They also made a video game about it. Uh, what was it called? Start with the D crap. I forgot the name of it. Um, I'll think of it in a minute, but anyway, they had a panel at, uh, comic-con and it was the first year that it was out and um i was like i'm gonna go to that con that that panel because there's probably not gonna be it's a, it's in a small room and i'm gonna go to it and there's probably not gonna be a lot of people so i went to it and i got to meet the actors afterwards tony Karan was one of the actors fantastic actor if you if you don't know who tony tony Karan is he's a freaking uh the irish guy in uh season two of daredevil that um is the lead irish guy that comes in and uh, winds up actually getting killed by the Punisher. And uh, so uh, Tony Karan, I got to meet him and everything. And, and that was cool. But, you know, that's a ridiculous con when you talk about getting tickets, paying the uh, inflated uh, hotel expenses and things like that. Because they jacked the hotel prices up in that city two to three yeah. times as much during that week of Comic-Con. And it's and it's it's crazy. I mean, I, I don't understand... You know, in my opinion, you know, how like if if a cow farts in South Texas, all of a sudden everybody wants to raise the prices of gas and and they go after these people during a disaster for raising the prices of gas for gouging. And I don't understand how whenever there's a big convention in town and hotels do that with their prices, that that's not gouging. I don't understand how that's not price gouging and how it's not. illegal. Right. But but anyway, you know, um Anyway, that that's my spill. I like I like Comic Con, you know, in San Diego. It's cool and everything, but I'll, I'll probably never go again. I've gone to it yeah. a few times, and and it's just it's just too damn pricey. I can go to eight Comic Cons throughout the United States for probably the price of that one con. Yeah, yeah, that's my deal. And I I am expanding. Like I'm going to go to some, you know, cool ones. I guess in New Mexico and Oklahoma and Hub City and. I'll do those, but I'm not. I'm not looking to travel the world to go to cons. Oh man, I would. It's just not my thing. Well, but whenever I, like I went to the RTX world and conventions, so that's just two yeah. pluses for me. <laughs> right? Yeah, like I look whenever for zoos and museums. <laughs> zoos. Like whenever I went to, like when I went to RTX, that's in Austin, and I'd never been to Austin before. So like, there was the three days of convention that was RTX, but like. RTX cl- closed down like at six every day, so like we'd go over to Sixth Street and walk up and down, like go check out all the bars and the restaurants, and we went to like Gordo's Donuts. That's like a donut truck that's open at night. Like how we have like here we just have taco trucks, but like in yeah. Austin they they have Gordo's. It's a donut truck, <laughs> and I got my hair cut while I was in Austin just because like there was this place that gave like massages before and after the haircut. Just because that sounded interesting. like That's awesome. So, like, just, like, taking a trip just for the convention probably wouldn't have been 
as worth it, but since I did so much stuff and I stayed a few days after the con and like hung out with my friend that lives down there and all that stuff, like it made it, it made the whole trip way more worth it because there was just so much other stuff that I did. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, and that's the, and that is the cool thing about San Diego Comic Con is that there is so much stuff that happens outside of the convention that you don't need a ticket for that yeah. is really cool to go see. And That's so like even what even, I would do. Yeah, and so even if you and, and, but the but still the same thing goes. I mean, if you're from out of town, you're still having to get a hotel. And and really the tickets for like a 4-day pass plus a preview night is only like 140 or $150, which is still a lot of money, but when you break it down into a daily, it's not really all that much money. But um but if you lived in the general area, you know, just going down there for a few hours to experience the, the stuff that's outside the convention would be cool too, without even having to buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, I might be more into it if, if there was more outside stuff, cause I'm just like social anxiety type person. So I, I'm not really into big crowds of waiting around to talk to a person for five seconds or just going for one table because I'm really specific in what I like. So I'm not going to be interested in like 99% of what's going on. Well, one of my favorite, my favorite things that I've ever done at a comic con was, um, they did a deal at Petco park, which is the baseball, uh, uh, stadium right there next to the convention center. And, um, it was the experience, the walking dead. And it was basically like a zombie run. And um, I saw that online and I signed up for it to be a volunteer. And so, because I, I knew it was going to be that during that week of Comic-Con. And so I signed up for a volunteer. And then I got to be a volunteer in um, the uh, militia section. So as people came running through, you know, and they were slowing down, I was basically jarring them, you know, tell them to keep moving, you know, don't, don't eyeball me and everything like that. Well, I, I shaved, you know, for people that haven't seen me, um, you know, I'm, I'm a ginger and I've got a goatee and I shaved the center of my goatee out, making it like an outlaw, just like Abraham off the walking dead. And so I had so many people as they were running through go Abraham and like try to high five me and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. And I would, and like one of them was a guy dressed as Batman. He comes running through the zombie, you know, the escape the walking dead. And he's like, Abraham. And he goes to high five me. And I'm like, put your hand down. I ain't got time for your shit. Get moving. And he was just like, everybody starts laughing. And, uh, and, uh, but that was the best, that was one of the best times that I had at Comic-Con and it wasn't even in Comic-Con. It was out and I'm talking about the stuff outside of Comic-Con and it was outside of Comic-Con. And so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, you know, at some of these conventions that are not in the Comic-Con convention center, but outside that are really great to go to as well. <laughs> I mean, I'm interested. I'm planning on trying to go to uh, Comic-Palooza this year in Houston. So uh, I hope there's some cool stuff going on there because one of the reasons I'm going is Colt 45 is going to be doing a panel there. And I really want to see that panel not just because it's them, but it's the worst superhero movies of all time. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's a better panel for me to go to right? that panel. So <laughs> I really, really am trying to get down there. But the timing is bad. I have a friend getting married that weekend. And then it's going to cost some money because I have to drive 10 hours to Houston. Oh, wow. Yeah. That'd be so, cool, yeah. though. Yeah. No, I'm definitely going to try and do it. I just I can't 100% say that's going to happen. Right. Are you guys trying to go to any cons? 
Uh, just not at this time. In a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm going to try to do Acon. I'm I'm going to try to come out there for that if my schedule allows. Are you going to Acon or Amicon? Amicon. Amic- oh, I'm sorry, Amicon. I'm going to try to go to Amicon. Is what I'm, I'm going to try to do. I'm trying really hard to finish a cosplay. Two costumes, technically, for Amicon, and it's only in a couple of weeks, and I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Now, Kern, are you going to try to go to San Diego now that you're over there? No, because first of all, the tickets went on sale back in like March or whenever, and they sold out. You're talking to over 100,000 plus people that go in attendance per day. We're not talking about 100,000 people for the whole entire four and a half days. We're talking about 100,000 people that are in attendance per day. And they sold out all available passes within an hour after going online. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, you know, I know we've talked about this stuff before. I can't remember if we covered it in a uh, podcast or not. But part of the reason why San Diego has blown up so far out of hand the way they have is because of of it being commercialized to the point where they're bringing in panels, and don't get me wrong, I, I love to see some of these panels myself, but they're bringing in the panels like The Walking Dead and Arrow and all these different, you know, uh, Big Bang Theory, all these different movie and TV show panels, and all these people want to flock to that. And and it's not centered around as much as the comic base is what it started off with, you know, or the, you know, and Back it's when moved George in. George R. R. Martin was going? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's and it's and it's gone around, you know, it's a lot of video game based things, you know, so there's a ton of vendors there that are video game based. You can play like you can preview a lot of games that are coming out that haven't been released yet, so forth and so on. I mean, and all those things are cool, but it's not like I said, it's not about the 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 small nerdy stuff in the comic realm or even comic related type stuff anymore as much as it is around everything that encompasses sci-fi, movie, TV shows. I mean, Dexter was even out there at Comic Con one year. I mean, come on. I mean, what but is you that? You can be a nerd about anything. Bert. I know you can. You can be. I'm not going to say you can't. Well, it's called Comic Con, not well, nerd. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> well, you know. It might I as mean, well be called NerdCon. Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, not even NerdCon. It's like mainstream NerdCon. Yeah. And so there was there was one year where Dexter was the big deal. You know, I'm sure it was a couple of years, but the one year I went, you know, the bags. You know, you get a Comic-Con bag that's got the big bag and everybody collects those and stuff, which I've got a ton of. But, you know, it had Dexter on it. And I was like, fuck, I got Dexter? I was wanting fucking Batman. I mean, come on. You know, because you don't get to pick which bag you get. They just give it to you randomly, you know. And so, anyway, but yeah, it's so commercialized right now that, you know, that's that's why it's as big as it is, is because of that. You know, because everybody's wanting to go in there. And don't get me wrong, man. You know, when I went a couple of years ago... My kids got to hi-fi Norman Reedus, you know, Daryl Dixon from The Walking Dead, you know, and um, they they were stoked about that, you know, and it was totally cool. And, and that was that was cool for them. But again, like I said, you know, it's 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 so commercialized right now that it's not even centered around what it originally started out as. And I know as things grow, you know, you have to expand what people want. But also, you know, it, it seems like now it's just really about the money. You know, honestly. Well, Another thing that pisses me off, I'm going to tell you what. You know, let's talk about International Comic Con. <laughs> One of the things that pisses me off right now is that when I go into a booth and I see a freaking cool-ass Star Wars action figure from freaking Hasbro or Mattel or somebody like that, and they said it's not available for sale. What the 
frick is it even on display for? I mean, Shut I go up. in there to buy something. Yeah, I know, but it's like they've got all this freaking swag in there to buy, and you can't even buy it. It's like, you know, it's why even have it? I mean, I don't know. They have it in the same same uh, container or, or display as like the other stuff that you can buy. And so right. I don't know, that, that kind of stuff ticks me off. You know, it's like it yeah, should be in no. a display case in the center away from the stuff that's the sales items. I, I think it's all interesting, but there is one last con-related thing I will say before I give my sign-off, which is we actually did get media passes to a con in Albuquerque Ooh. in November. It's Indigenous Comic Con, which if you've Sweet. listened to any of the episodes, you've probably heard me mention that I'm Native American. So this is the first time that I've ever seen this happen. I'm really stoked that they decided to let us in and considered us media or press. When, or when is this? They're calling their passes. When what? is this? November. November. Dude, we November, should all totally go. The 16th through the 18th. Yeah, so we should totally go. It's, it's very cool that they have done that. Hopefully, we'll have video capabilities at those times. And, and that's, but we'll definitely grab interviews. We're not working at a table or anything. That's like six months away from now, dude. We could all totally do that. Yeah. 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 We'll see what happens. I mean, anything's possible. I think it would be really cool to get the reactions of uh, people that aren't native seeing a big community like that come together and how we express our nerddom. Yeah. Right. It's interesting to me. I've never been in a group of indigenous nerds uh, that big. So it's going to be really interesting. No, that's going to be totally cool. I love that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's do There's it. A big shout out to those guys for letting us in. They don't know who what is they it got again? themselves into. It's the Indigenous Comic Con. They have a Facebook page. You can go sign up for the event. I think they're actually ticket sales are already open. Very so, cool. Very. I don't cool. know what the guests are or anything. I haven't looked all the way. Who cares? It, we got media passes. But, uh, I don't care. Woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So is there anything else that anyone has? No, I think that's it, man. Talked no, about cons, that, no, all the conventions. Fun times. Yeah, we did. I think that's it. Good I, I, Thanks again, I love what YC3. you guys did. Yeah, yeah, YC3, uh, you know, we appreciate that. I love what you guys did with the whole Kit Kat thing. That was freaking awesome. Yeah, hashtag uh, Kit Kat curd. Freaking uh, assholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to everyone that stopped by the table and pretended like they were interested in us. So. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, uh, I was, I'm, I'm always going to end with this as well. I want to give a shout out to one of the channels above us on Teamspeak. Uh, oh, this week, the shout out goes to nine 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 nine. I was hoping there was something after that. Kern, do you have a shout out? Oh. No, I mean Ooh. just uh, other than other than the one fan that came and said hey to yeah, to you guys, Joseph I wasn't there. Boy. But Joseph, I mean, awesome! I love that. You know, it starts with one fan. You know, and then hopefully we yeah, we next convention we have two. You know, so someone will fly us out and put us up. And yeah, us in ten twenty years, in, tw- in ten twenty years, you know, maybe we'll be something. I don't know. <laughs> ten know? twenty episodes, damn it! Ten twenty episodes. <laughs> there was. I've- I'm there was also a guy that gave us a card saying he was doing a, a convention in the Midland area. Oh, That's yeah. That's right. And what was his name? I can't was remember. It, was it a weird Mason? name like 
Chris Lestache. No, it wasn't so. Slut Stash. Was it with so. the Permian uh, Basin Comic Con? That's Chris. No, because he was saying it was a new con. Oh, okay. That he was trying to get together. Because I know those And dudes. whenever he found out that I had a YouTube channel, he was like, we'd really love for you to come and do a panel or something. I was well, like, oh. Well, Chris is going to do a panel. Oh. Just because you had a YouTube channel, not because he's seen well, it? No, no, that's the thing. He hadn't seen it, but it was because of how many <laughs> subscribers I had. Yeah, Chris oh, okay. Because, like, there was a guy at this con, like, not to speak ill of anything at this con, but... At YC3, there was a there was a panel about uh, you know building a YouTube channel, and the guy that was running it has a YouTube channel with like sixty subscribers. Oh wow! And so he has a second much channel. Starting though. off. <laughs> yeah, he has a second channel that has six hundred subscribers, but he hasn't uploaded in five months. So I was like, why is this guy doing this panel? But I think it's because they wanted to have a YouTube panel, and that's just the guy they found. Right. It's like how there was, because there was the panel that was about comic book collecting, and even when we got our passes, it still said comic book collecting with TBD, because they still hadn't figured out who To be it was. determined, yeah. Yeah, they still didn't know who was going to do it, like, the day before the con started. Like, we should have got Desmond on there. Up. What the hell, Desmond? Why don't you step up? Man, I don't. I don't think I could do a, a panel, at least not on my own. But I think me and Jonathan and Jonathan and Scott probably could have done a panel. Right? There you go. All I mean, you, you guys could have done. You pull people one. in, man. Pull people in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so maybe next year there'll be a panel with one yeah. of us on it. Rose, of course, we'll probably be doing a cosplay panel somewhere in the next year. Absolutely. So look for that. That'd be cool. Yep. Uh, cool. Rose, well, you got right, a shout out. Uh, my only shout out was going to be to the channel above us called Your Neighborhood Cat Skinner, but um, oh, yeah. I do love that guy. I saw that. I'm one, not even looking at it. Golly, I need to look at these things. <laughs> but that's that's it for me, though. I I think I well, am podcast out for the evening. My last deal is going to be a shout out to So Wizard Podcast, Cult Forty Five Podcast, The Back Issue, Dork of All Trades, Open All Powers. Fans on Patrol and Convo Comics Cast because they are the Nerd Podcast Mafia Woo-hoo. and our brother and don't in forget arms, the epic film two. guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Chris is now on the Epic Film Guys payroll. I think I've never even watched or heard anything they do, but <laughs> oh, you should do it. They're actually reason, pretty so. good. Them Shout and, out uh, to the Kung, Epic Kung Film Fu guys. Driving. Anyway. You've been awesome. We've been the Nerdtastic Four. Woo! Out, bitches!